Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want to read you a story that uh, it's actually a great story. And listen, if you will, as I read. It was a beautiful Sunday morning. People were filling the church. And as they entered, each was given a bulletin with all the church's upcoming events. At the end of the line stood an older man. His clothes were filthy. He hadn't taken a bath or shaved in a very long time. When he reached the usher, he removed his tattered old brown hat in respect. His hair was long and dirty and tangled. He had no shoes on his feet. He wore only soiled black socks. The usher put his fingers to his nose and looked at the man and he said, "Uh, excuse me, sir. He said, I'm sorry, but we can't let you in. You will disrupt the service. I'm afraid you'll have to leave. Well, the old man looked down at himself and he placed his old brown hat back on his head and he left. He was sad because he loved to hear the choir sing praises to the Lord. He carried his small worn out pocket Bible and he loved to see if the minister preached a passage from the Bible that he had underlined. He didn't want to make a scene and so he just walked out and he sat down on the brick wall outside the church and wished he could be inside with others. A few minutes later, a young man came up and sat beside him and asked what the old man was doing. He said, I'm going to church today. I was going to church today, but they thought I was too dirty and that I would disrupt the service, so they didn't allow me to come in. Well, the young man had long hair. He wore a piece of cloth draped over his body, tied with a rope. He had on sandals on his feet. He reached over and asked the man, what was his name? He said, my name is George. The young man said, hello, George. My name is Jesus. And don't feel bad because I've been trying to get in that church for years and they won't let me in either. (laughs) Well, I read that story. I love this story because I think that the story is far too often true. Churches oftentimes get so busy in doing churchy things that we forget the reason the church exists. Are you listening? The reason church exists is not for social activity. The reason church exists, watch this, the reason church exists is not for evangelism. Actually, evangelism should take place outside of the church. I don't want to go there. Perhaps I will. (laughs) 
Evangelism should take place outside the church. You should be evangelizing at work, at school, at play, whenever you're outside the church. The purpose of the church and the reason the church exists is for people. It's for people. And I love this story also because it shows us that Jesus meets people right where they are. And often, watch this, it's outside of the church. Did you know? Got a pen? Write this down. The Gospels, get this, records 132 contacts that Jesus had with people. Six of them, if you're taking notes, were in the temple. Four of them were in the synagogue, and 122 were outside with people. Did you hear me? 122 out of the 132 contacts that Jesus made in the entire Gospels, 122 of them were made outside with people. And you know, too often when we become Christians, we forget at one time, we were stinky, we were smelly, dirty sinners who needed acceptance and needed forgiveness. And the church, listen, has to be careful not to become a self-righteous subculture with no room for forgiveness, no room for sympathy, and no room for compassion for sinners. And you can say a better amen than that. We got to be careful. Because when we get saved, how quickly we forget. Isn't that true? We forget. You know, you weren't always saved. You weren't born a Christian. Not unless, of course, your last name is Christian. That actually happened to me one time. I was preaching my heart out, y'all. I was sweating. I was preaching so hard. I was, I was in the zone. And I said, you weren't born a Christian. And this guy came up to me after service, and he said, I was. He said, my last name's Christian. I said, get out. <laughs> you know what I mean. Don't make me in the church. I'm in the hallelujah. I'm not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we forget that we are all sinners. One thing, one of the many things that I like about Jesus, that I love about Jesus, is Jesus, why are you going to love this? Jesus was a friend to sinners. Matter of fact, I even titled my sermon, Jesus, a friend of sinners. Luke chapter 5, we pick up our study today in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 27. I love this sermon. I'm serious. I love this text. Love this sermon, not because I wrote it, but uh, I love this sermon because I love this text. It's really a good text. You're going to love it too. Luke chapter 5, in verse 27, if you're looking at it, say amen. After these things, he, Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, what did he say, saints? Follow me. And if you're an underlined note taker in your Bible, underline this. He left all, rose up, and followed him. Left all, rose up, followed him. Say it with me. Left all, rose up. And followed him. And then in verse 29, Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. 
And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I have not come to call the righteous. Are you getting me? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Just by show of hands. Were you here last week? Here last week? Here last week? Here last week? Okay, good. If you were not, we talked about Jesus who was in the home of Peter. And Peter lived in the city of Capernaum. While Jesus was in the home of Peter in the city of Capernaum, he was having a Bible study. And right in the middle of the Bible study, Jesus looks up and he sees a man who is paralyzed on a cot being lowered down by four faithful friends. And then he looks down at the paralytic and he says, your sins are forgiven. And then he looks around And he saw the hard, critical, unbelieving hearts of the scribes and the Pharisees as they accused Jesus of blasphemy as he was calling himself God. And Jesus said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And the man took up his bed that once carried him and he walked away glorifying God. So Jesus leaving this scene, are you with me? He went out in verse 27 and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. Now, as you study the gospel of Mark, we learn that Levi is another name for who saints? Anybody know? Matthew. Very good. Matthew, the writer of the gospel of Matthew, is also named Levi. In those days, it was very common to be known by more than one name. You have Thomas, who was also called, anybody know? Didymus, very good. And Mark was sometimes called, anybody know? John and Peter, oh, please know this. Peter was sometimes called what? Simon, very good. And even today, your family may know you by a different name than your friends. I mean, you might have the name, your family has named you Gregory, but they call you something else. Maybe your name is Gregory, but the family calls you uh, Pookie. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought of that when I was writing. I was like, Pookie, that's a good name. Every family has a Pookie. Well, not, but... And I, I will tell you this here, and uh, here's my little personal piece here. I, I actually have a family name. My family uh, knows, they, when I'm home in Philly, uh, my family, they call me by a different name, of which I will not tell you. Y'all sitting there like, what is it? What is it? Come on, tell us. No, I won't. I'm not going to tell you. And please don't even ask my children because they don't even know. Some people are like, I'll ask Rodney Jr. I know I'll get it out of him. Don't ask him. I don't even think he knows. I think there's two people on the planet. Well, my family, of course, my, in, my immediate family. But, but my wife knows and don't ask her because I've already sworn her to secrecy. So no one's going to know. But 
family names and personal names was very common in the Bible, very common today. So Levi, we also know as Matthew. If you're taking notes, saints, Matthew means gift of God, gift of God. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Levi, the tax collector. Tell you a little bit about a tax collector. A tax collector, get this, was also known in the Bible, you'll read the word publican. A tax collector and a publican, same thing. In Jesus' day, tax collectors were despised and hated people. In those days, get this, you could buy a tax collecting franchise. And a franchise required collecting a specific amount of taxes for Rome. So Rome would set a certain tax amount, and then the tax collector, given by Roman authority, could collect however how much taxes he wanted to collect over and above what Rome had established. So anything he collected above that stated Roman tax, he could pocket and keep for himself. Needless to say, these tax collectors would rip people off because they were charging exorbitant taxes to people. Tax collectors would take bribes from the wealthy so they make their tax base less. A tax collector would tax the middle class and the poor more. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Sound familiar? Yes. And with Levi, get this, with Levi being a Jew and working for the Roman government, that made his position even worse in the Jewish mind, worse than a criminal. Because in the Jewish mind, he's working for the government, which meant he was kind of denying God. So people in Jesus' day, they hated tax collectors so much so that when a tax collector walked down the street, people would call them names and throw rotten fruit at them and spit on them. Tax collectors weren't allowed to go to church. Tax collectors weren't allowed to go to synagogue. Tax collectors weren't allowed to testify in court. In society, they were ranked right there with pigs and unclean animals, which a devout Jew wouldn't even go near or touch. They were hated. Nobody liked tax collectors. Just like almost like today, nobody really likes the IRS. I've never seen a bumper sticker to say, I love the IRS. Has anybody ever seen one of those? I've never seen one. I was thinking about this. I've never seen a bumper sticker to say, I love tax collectors. They were hated people. So we learned that the tax collector's name in our text is Levi, which, watch this, many scholars believe his family history is that of the tribe of Levi. That's interesting. So Matthew's family history is that of the priestly tribe, which would mean that he grew up seeing the hypocrisy of the priesthood, that he saw the hypocrisy of the religious system. He saw the religious leaders raking the people over the coals for money. It's possible, get this, that when Jesus was in the temple, that he was there and he heard Jesus call the religious leaders thieves and robbers. And maybe, just maybe in my sanctified imagination, just maybe he grew up thinking, well, if they can get away with it, I'll see what I can get away with myself. And being of the tribe of Levi, that would then make sense because as you read, are you listening? As you read Matthew's gospel, 
you will notice that Matthew quotes from the Old Testament more than any of the other gospel writers put together. So it makes sense that he's of the tribe of Levi. So then Matthew knew the word of God being raised in a Levitical home. And now we find him, listen, now we find him doing an ungodly job, taking advantage of people, all because of possibly the example that he's seen in his home. Parents, listen, this one's for you. Be mindful, be careful of the example that you set before your children. You have to be careful, parents, that your children do not see you one way at church and another way at home. Hmm? Say a better amen than that. Amen. I don't want to say amen as if to admit guilt, but you're not admitting guilt. You're just agreeing with what I'm saying. We got to be careful of that because children, listen, kids, they don't, parents, kids, they're not listening to what you say. You're talking your head off. They're not hearing. All they're hearing is wah, 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 wah. They're not listening to a word you're saying. They're watching what you do. And when you come to church and you act a certain way and you go home and you act a different way, that's not good. That's hurting your child. At the same time, you're saying, read your Bible, love Jesus, serve Jesus, go to youth group, do all the things that Christians do, but you got a poor example in the home. This is where they're watching you, not at church. They actually expect you to act right at church. I mean, you know, you come to church. I mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. I've been guilty of that too. Coming to church on a Sunday morning, the kids are in the back seat acting up. I've done it before. I'm driving to church, the kids are acting up, and I, I look, I, I, I was like, one of them, don't make me pull this car over. But daddy, we're going to church. I don't care. I'll pull this car over. I'll tear you up. Don't you, don't make me pull this car. I'll be swinging and driving. And, Let me tell you something. You better shut up. And you pull up in the church. Y'all know what I'm saying. You do it too. You pull up in the church parking lot, get out the car and go, somebody go, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Y'all know how you do. You're one way at home, one way on the, church, on the way to church, and a different way in church. We got to be careful. Listen, even one step further, let's take it a little deeper. If you're in leadership, you got to be real careful. You got to be careful. Don't go home and let your children, allow your children to hear you talking about the things at church. Maybe things you disagree with, things that you don't understand or whatever it is. Don't do that because you're hurting your child, especially if you're in leadership. So you're serving in the church. You go home and you're talking about the very church that you're serving in. Kids, listen to that. Yes, there are times where you've got to discuss certain things and you as a couple, y'all have got to sit down and talk about things, but don't, don't do it in front of the kids. Go get in the car. You know, Mommy, Daddy, where are you going? Nunya. Y'all know what that is? Nunya business. Go get in the car, sit, talk about the Don't do it in front of the kids because the very thing that you want from them, that you're trying to get out of them, that you want to see for them, is the very thing you're undoing. You don't realize how your example and how your words about the things of God really do hurt your children. 
And I think that's what probably happened to Matthew. How is it, answer, how is it that Matthew, coming from a priestly line, I mean, he was like a PK kid, if you will, coming from a priestly line, now all of a sudden we find him doing something that's very ungodly, very unspiritual and very unbiblical in taking advantage of people. So very important. Notice in verse 27, it tells us that Jesus saw a tax collector. Go ahead and look at verse 27. Jesus saw a tax collector. In the original language, if you're taking notes, this word saw has the idea of more than a passing glance. It's a calm, continuous contemplation. Jesus calmly, continuously looked at Matthew, and Matthew's probably thinking, what does Jesus want with me? Matthew's probably looking at Jesus, and Jesus is looking at him, and Matthew's thinking he's looking at me like everybody else looks at a tax collector. Rip-off artist, cheat, liar, thief, That's what Matthew's probably thinking that Jesus is thinking about him. But don't you know, I believe and I know, and we can tell from our text that Jesus sees people, watch this, Jesus sees people different than you and I see people. Jesus didn't see a tax collector. Jesus saw a future recorder of the gospel. Jesus saw a future evangelist. Jesus saw a rescuer of souls. Jesus saw in Matthew what Matthew didn't see in himself. I thank God that my, my mother, my mom, saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. My mother, many of y'all know my mom Gertrude, and she lives in Philly, and uh, my mom got saved when she was 37 years old. I was 15. And I remember, I remember the day my mom got saved. She left for work one way and the way she had always lived her life. My mom was like any other person in the world. Y'all know what I'm saying. And she left for work one day and she tells a story that she was on the trolley. Some of y'all know what a trolley is. And she was on the trolley. And it was the Holy Spirit who came upon my mother on the trolley. God can reach you anywhere. On the trolley. And she looked over and she saw a church. The Holy Spirit told her to get off the trolley and go into that church. My mom got off the trolley, went into that church, and gave her life to Jesus that day. She came home from work talking about Jesus. I'm like... What did you do with my mother? Who are you? She's talking about the Lord. She stopped wearing pants. Because back in those days, if you wore pants at church, you was a Jezebel. Y'all remember those days? You wore pants or you wore lipstick to church? You going to hell. There used to be a time in church. Some of y'all don't even remember. You're too young. But there used to be a time in church if you wore makeup. You were going to hell. You were Jezebel. you going to hell. Now, I'll tell you what J. Vernon McGee says. I want you to know J. Vernon McGee says this, not me. I'm talking about makeup. I don't have no problem with makeup. But J. Vernon McGee said, every old barn needs some paint. <laughs> I didn't say it. Don't shoot the messenger. I didn't say it. 
she stopped wearing pants and she started wearing dresses and going to church. And, and then she, and then she used to always tell me, she would look at me and say, Rodney, she'd say, I go, yeah, mom. She'd go, God's going to bless you. I wasn't even a Christian. And she was telling me God was going to bless me. I didn't even know what bless me meant. I mean, I'm like, bless me, what does that mean? Give me some money. I mean, that would be a good thing. I didn't know what bless me meant, give me money. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's like, no, God's going to really, really bless you. God's got a plan for life. I'm like, mom, please. I mean, she told me that all the time. God's going to bless you. My mother used to sneak in the room. My mother used to come in my room at night. She thought I was sleeping, and she would stand at the foot of my bed and pray over me. And I would just lay there like I was sleeping because I'm like, oh, my God, she's getting going again. And I'm like, me, 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 me. <laughs> I was just like, woo, she's going at it again. And she would come in and be praying over me and, yes, Lord, just bless me. She would do stuff like that and tell me that God's going to bless me. And then about six or seven years later, about six or seven years later, I gave my life to Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.